You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Well, my lovely friends, the talk topic that everyone really gets excited about is saving money because wedding planning, no shit, Sherlock, can be expensive even when you don't intend it to be. I'm Alicia, the host of Bride Chiller. This is the Bride Chiller podcast. If you found your way here and you've never listened before, get ready, strap yourself in. Today's episode, uh, I am very happy to welcome back a regular guest, Jess. I think you, I can call you a regular now on the show. Uh, I like Jess, it. <laughs> yes, yes, good. You were one of my original guests and you have returned over the last five years. It's been five years. Isn't I know. Crazy? So crazy. Uh, feels like longer, though. I mean, look, it feels like we've known each other for an eternity in a very nice way. Jess, you are the founder (laughs) of thebudgetsavvybride.com and uh, author of a very, can I just say, congratulations, your book, your guide has gone, as we'd say in Australia, gangbusters, um, <laughs> The Budget Savvy. Now, what is the title of the book now? Is it- it's a mouthful. <laughs> so, go on, give me the mouthful. Yeah, uh, it's The Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer, Checklist Worksheets and Essential Tools to Plan <laughs> the Perfect Wedding on a Small Budget. <laughs> Is the official full title. (laughs) I like it. It's full of like SEO hits and I think it's very sexy. It's a very popular guide and uh, you're a gorgeous gal. And today you're on the show. We're sort of doing a bit of a a mix-up. We're doing a big Q&A. I put a a bit of a question out in the Bride Chiller community asking for people's budget wedding planning hacks and tips and everyone went bananas giving us different ideas. So we're just going to wing it, just go with it as I always do. So, Jess, um, we, should we start with some tips firstly and then maybe go into some questions? We've got some good questions coming our way. Um, Bride Chiller Chelsea, there was a lot of chat about banks and setting up wedding bank accounts. I know you're a big fan of this. Let's go through the pros and cons of doing this, separating money when it comes to starting off wedding planning. What's your advice for bride chillers and groom chillers who may be earlier in the process or maybe are halfway through and are very confused as to what money goes where. <laughs> yeah, I think it's um, really great to have like a dedicated bank account for your wedding funds, whether, you know, it's you and your fiance that are paying for everything yourself or you're accepting, you know, outside contributions from your family members, having, you know, like a dedicated uh, place to put those funds. So you know exactly that those are going towards wedding expenses and not getting intermixed in your regular monthly budget, I think is a great place to start. Yeah. And a lot of people have said that they've done that, which is really good to see that conversation happening in the bride chiller community. Cause I do bang on and on about it. And I think some people go, Oh, it's a bit of a drag. I don't want to have to do it, but actually opening an online bank account can take minutes. It's so quick now. Oh yeah. So easy. Yeah. I mean, uh, like Capital One Three Sixty, and I think Ally Bank are two really good ones that have like online only accounts. Um, so you don't have to go into like yep. a physical location to open an account. And um, I personally have used Capital One Three Sixty for you know a decade back when it was ING, and then got taken over by Capital One. But um, you can set up you know the automatic deposits that come straight from your you know each of your checking accounts into your joint wedding account. Um, It's a great way to save automatically, no matter 
you know, what you're saving for, but it's especially helpful, I think, for weddings. Yeah. And there are so many online banks. I know that you and I both at the moment, don't let the accents fool you. We're both living in the UK. And I know that the <laughs> on there's a lot of uh, <laughs> British online bank accounts. And also my experience in Australia, there are 50 fucking banks that you can open an online bank account now <laughs> and don't require very much, you know, it's not, you don't have to go to a physical bank location if people are worried about that. Don't do that. Whoever goes to a bank anymore. Um, Bride Chelsea had a good add-on to that tip and she says, and now this is a caveat here, we're talking about credit cards and, you know, I'm not a huge fan of a credit card. However, if you use them correctly, you can use them to your advantage, but it requires you to pay the credit card off and not get into debt. She says, open a credit card like Chase Sapphire Reserve or Southwest Chase Visa to use only for wedding expenses, then use the points for the honeymoon flights. She says, we are getting married this September and opened our Southwest Chase Visa card last September and have accrued, accrued? Am I trying to say accrued? What's happened with accrued. my brain today? <laughs> accrued. Accrued is not a real word, but she's also accrued. Uh, enough points for long-haul flights. I thought this is a good suggestion, and I know you've written about travel hacking and you've done a lot of travel in the last couple of years personally. I think this is a really uh-huh. good suggestion if you manage manage it properly. Tell me about how you, you've travel hacked all over the place. Tell me a bit about that. It really, Yeah, it's, it's really true, and I actually have both of the cards that she mentioned. Oh, for real? Um, which is funny. I do. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I grew up in Nashville, Tennessee. So I grew up on like Dave Ramsey, you know, Mm. thinking in terms of like not taking on debt, but luckily I did learn, you know, good spending habits and how to use credit cards effectively and like to my benefit. Um, so I do have several credit cards. I put everything possible I can on my cards to earn those points and I pay them off every month. You know, I still stick to my budget and keep track of everything. I actually use mint.com to categorize all the transactions from all my various accounts and um, pay everything off every month. Not getting all into my my personal financial financial stuff, but but I think it's helpful and it's something that's really worked for me. And um, especially like the Chase Sapphire that she mentioned, I just got that card recently, and it's great if you travel a lot because you get you know free access to the airport lounges. Mm. Alicia, I don't know if you've gotten into like the lounge life. No, I mean I I don't feel like I should be (laughs) Jess. I feel like that's where I belong, but I have yet to find. Maybe now I need to apply to get one of these cards, and I can get in the door. It seems like a lot. And I definitely struggled with, you know, like their annual fee is like, I think $450 for the year, which sounds like a lot. But with that card in particular, you get $300 back in statement credits when you're booking Mm. um, travel with that card. So, you know, you could end up getting a free flight, you know, with that, um, with that perk, or, you know, you can use it on Ubers or booking a train ticket or whatever, whatever's categorized as travel, it'll reimburse you up to $300 in the year um, for those purchases. So in essence, the annual fee is only like $150. And then they also give you a credit towards global entry or TSA pre-check, which is so great to have when you're traveling because it gets you expedited through security, which is amazing, especially if you're on your honeymoon, you don't want to be in line with all the people and the madness. You want to like get in there and, you know, get, get going and enjoy your time together. Um, (laughs) airport, airport annoyances are like worth, worth that, um, you know, like extra fee sometimes, but 
Um, but yeah, so I think that's I can avoid being near any people, Jess, in an airport environment. I'll pay the money. Right. (laughs) Right. And that's why I think you would really like the lounge perk. I really do. Um, it's, it's great. And a lot of them have like free coffee and sometimes they have like food and stuff available in the lounges for free. So that's like, you know, another added perk when you, when you go to the airport, how much do you spend on like a snack and coffee and and everything? 50 bucks. Um, fun coffee. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) Airport food is crazy and it's not any good. So might as well get some for free in a lounge. All that to say, like, it's definitely worth it. If you can, if you know yourself and you know, you can be responsible about paying those cards off every month. I think it's a really, really great thing to take advantage of. We actually had an American Express card in Australia when we were living there five years ago. And, and, um, we had this a similar situation. It was actually connected to Qantas, a national airline in Australia, Jess. And so we would get Qantas oh, yeah. points and that was that was connected to the one world network. You might see it's a you know, a lot of different airlines are involved in it. But mm-hmm. what some of the perks of um just talking about the spending on the card, the annual fee versus the results of what you get out of it, we really use that card to the maximum it actually gave us all our travel insurance for free. Anything you booked um, via the card was covered. And uh, mm-hmm. also they have a deal. Talk about a mouthful. The Small Luxury Boutique Hotels of the World, I think it's called, um, is connected with Ooh. American Express or Amex as we would refer to it. And they have a deal and I'm I'm pretty – don't hold me to it, but I'm pretty sure it's still available where – if you book a hotel that's listed on this website, and it's sort of like a Mr. and Mrs. Smith, they're just sort of classy, smaller hotels, really nice. Um, they have a deal with American Express. If you turn up with the card, they will automatically upgrade you to the best room available for free. So Rich and I, for our honeymoon, and actually when Rich proposed to me, I didn't know this was happening, but he'd booked a hotel in Florence. We'd, we'd saved all our money to go to this on this trip. And we turned up at a hotel and I'm like, this hotel looks too classy for us because we've been staying in, you know, like <laughs> hostels and stuff. And I'm like, we must be in the wrong place. And then the lady said, I'm going to take you to your room. And Rich was even surprised. He had no idea. The only room they had available, he'd booked like the basic room, which was still apparently quite nice. It was like a 200 euro a night room. The only room they had available was the penthouse suite. And we walked up to this suite and it turned out it was a 1500 euro a night room, which he was like, fuck, I I lucked in. Like the, the hotel lucked out and we lucked in. And it had views of the Duomo and it was like you could see the river. It was amazing. But it was all because of this credit card and we will sing the praises of this deal over and over again. Now, again, don't hold me. This was five years ago, but I know they're still associated. And if you just chip away, and I'm sure there are, you know, hundreds of credit cards that offer similar situations like the lounge passes and the upgrades. But if you do your research, and I know there are a lot of um, comparison websites available that you can sort of see the perks versus, you know, what you're paying. It's worth the effort, isn't it, Jess, just to get this extra free shit? It really is. And especially when you're, you know, planning something like a wedding and you know, you're going to have to make some of these kind of large payments, like for your venue or for a deposit for your planner or your florist or whatever it might be. If they accept a credit card and you can put those on, you know, your card, you can get those bonuses that they offer like really, really easily. Cause a lot of them have, you know, like get 50,000 miles. Hmm. Um, if you spend $3,000 in the first three months, of opening the card, like done. Like that's easy when you're, 
when you're planning a wedding. So yeah. um, it, it seems like a no brainer to me in a lot of ways. But again, it all really depends on like your situation and your credit score, what you're able to get, you know, in terms of credit. So um, but if you can take advantage, I think it's great. I do too. And I think it's good. I mean, Bride Chilla Emily also mentioned the Capital One cashback card. And she says, and again, Jess and I have no affiliation with anything we're talking about today. Just to cover our asses, we're just saying this. She did say, <laughs> don't come to us. We have nothing to do with it. Um, we need to do a little, this program is a little, a little, a little disclaimer. Uh, <laughs> she, she did say that the credit score, if you're using the card responsibly, and this is the state, so I don't know if, how it figures with other countries, their credit score is going up. And she also makes a really good point with, with a lot of credit cards that the transactions that you make on the card, like you said, Jess, if you're paying for a venue or a big, big ticket item, that they're protected in case of something going wrong. So it's an extra level of you know, protection that you may have that if you're paying cash, for example, it can be hard to follow that money chain. Although cash can work well for you, it can also work against you if shit goes wrong and you're trying to chase that money. Um, she also said Absolutely. they get cash back on every purchase. She 100% recommends this strategy if used responsibly. So I think that's also really good to remember just about following that money chain just in case, yeah. just in case. Yeah, that purchase protection is a big thing. And, I, and I'm pretty sure the American Express, like all of their yes. cards cover things like that, which is huge. Very good. Look, I love a bit of credit card talk. We're only two in. We've got so many to go. What's happening? I love it. Oh, my goodness. This is the credit card episode. <laughs> Mandy has a bit of a hack. <laughs> she says, hit the thrift stores in your area after wedding season. For her, she says, late May worked well. I have found basically an entire wedding's worth of decor at a few stores on the right weekend. And even if not everything is in your style slash colors, some things will be. For example, tiny chalkboards with little easels for food descriptions, glass drink dispensers for signature cocktails. Pretty universal. We even found thank you notes from Minted, unopened, enough for all of our guests for three bucks a box at the local Goodwill score. Goodwill store. Score. Good on you, Mandy. This is a she's a bargain hunter. I great respect. Yeah, absolutely. I I love like the whole thrifting for items for weddings, not just because it's a great way to save money, but also it's like, you know, reusing things that have already been used so it's more sustainable, which I really like that aspect as well. I totally agree. I think um I live in an area that's a little it's a little it's like we're not swanky, but it's become a yummy mummy area and it, um, I have nothing to do with that, unbeknownst to us. Uh, but the thrift stores in this area, we learned after moving here that a lot of people come to this area on certain dates around certain times of year, the year to, you know, trawl the thrift stores because a lot of designer clothing is is donated into these stores. Um I had no idea, but I think it's like research the like ritzy areas where you live to go and see wow. where, um, you know, the Richies donate their shit. Go and buy it. Enjoy it. I will say, I, th I feel like the UK has like a bigger um, thrift and resale market than the US. Yeah, I really do. I mean, there's, you know, the typical Goodwill and like you might find the Salvation Army mm -hmm. and things like that in the US. But um, I mean in the little town where I am currently based, I mean, there's probably a dozen oh, yeah. different 
secondhand stores in a tiny little town. It's it's really interesting. And they're all different charities. I, I agree. In Australia, we would have St. Vincent de Paul, which we call Vinnie's, uh, and then you just call them the op shops, the opportunity shops. All my Aussie listeners will know what I'm talking about. And I, when I first moved here, I'm like, where are the op shops? And people are like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then I realized <laughs> they mean, you know, thrift stores or, you know, secondhand stores or whatever. Yes, there's lots of various charities that run thrift stores and you've got to get to know which are the good ones. I don't really understand mm. um, how people, you know, but you hone in and figure it out. But if you're in London and you want to go somewhere lovely, Kensington and Chelsea, if you can go to a thrift store in those neighbourhoods, you're going to get some good shit. There you go. That's my tip <laughs> for you, everyone. Uh, Pro tip. <laughs> Pro tip. Um, Mandy actually had a question attached. And I think before we go to break, I would love to hit this question for Mandy. Uh, I think, Jess, you might be the perfect person to answer it. She says, how do you get over the guilty feelings of asking your friends for money? We are having a semi-destination wedding and we bought our venues cabins for people to stay in. She's booked them. Um, You have to as a part of the package for the venue. We're asking guests to cover their housing. So now it's time to get started gathering money from the folks. I know this is a pretty normal, reasonable thing to ask, and I don't expect to be, and they don't expect to be housed for free. She says she has paid for housing at other weddings and she's fine with it. We have to be careful to make it clear that if people can't make it, we'll do what we can to help them out. But I just feel really guilty. How do I quiet these feelings? and uh, not feel like I'm asking them too much. Thank you. Good question, Mandy. It's a, it can be a sucky situation, asking for cash. Yeah, I think, um, you know, it can feel a little weird asking them to give you money, but ultimately you footed the bill ahead of time for them, so you kind of did them a courtesy, right? Yeah, I think it's a good deal. Yeah, and most I think in most cases – you know, those situations, the guests are actually getting a better deal than if they booked something separately on their own offsite. And obviously, if it's included in your venue, there's that convenience factor added in for them. I, don't feel no. guilty. Let, let go of the guilt, girl. Shake it off. <laughs> I agree. I think you've given them, you've saved them time. They're not having to trawl Airbnb with the other 100 guests that are probably doing exactly the same thing. And what do you think about asking? Like, is there a clean, not even the wording, but is there an easy way to ask for money? You just put your bank account details. I mean, I suppose it depends on what country Mandy's living in, but there are lots of simple ways to request like a PayPal address perhaps. What do you think? Yeah. In the States, I know Venmo is is huge for um, sending yes. you know free payments from people to people, um, but it doesn't seem to be as much of a thing in other areas of the world just yet. But yeah, I think that's a great option or, you know, if, Venmo needs to move their asses and do international. <laughs> yeah, I know all my American friends like, can I Venmo to you? And I'm like, it doesn't exist here. It doesn't exist. Forget it. It's over. Yeah. Well, and then over here, I know a lot of people use Revolut, which is like a similar like online bank situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and Revolut isn't available in the States yet. So, <laughs> but yeah, I think um, making it convenient for them is is the best way. No, no, please. I think this is um, just good just to put a PayPal address down or as you said, if you're doing a Venmo, you just put your code in and make it as easy as you can for them. And then also I suppose it's just really big, big upping what you're offering them. You're giving them accommodation. It's, the, it's all organized for them. All they need to do is turn up and celebrate that fact. I think it's great. Good for you for finding somewhere that you can do that. 
Yeah, it sounds like it'll be a really great experience for everybody. So I'd love to go to a wedding like that. We went to a wedding recently, which uh, we will be bringing you the feedback from the bride and groom. Harry and Harry, our lovely friends, got married on, on Harry Girl, the boy and a girl, Harry Girl's parents' property, and they hired a teepee company to come along and set up um, – it was about 25 teepees that we all hired. So then Harry Girl just sent us on an email and said, hey, we're hiring. If you want to stay on the property, we've got a company to come and set up these tents that have air beds and cute little rugs and things inside and lighting. Um, it's 50 pounds each a night. Here's my bank details. And we were like, great, book it, take my money. I don't have to think about this ever again. We'll just turn up and mm-hmm. and it was really great. And then also it was just one or two drunk stumbles to get into your tent. And um, <laughs> secret squirrel, we did hear someone. A definite someone, bonus. Definite bonus. Uh, but we did hear someone hurling inside the tent during the evening and I felt bad for the tent oh. people. Yes, look, I mean, they were Welsh and they were big drinkers. Let's just leave it there. I'm sure they will report back. I will tell that story with Harry and Harry on the next podcast. Jess, stay with me because we have, (laughs) so gross, a bunch more questions and tips uh, to present after this very short break. As I'm sure many chillers out there can attest to, that wedding planning isn't just about planning a party. The stress and anxiety and all the extra stuff that can come from planning this party is what can really knock us about. And I'm talking about family issues, anxiety, depression, feeling overwhelmed, These are issues that I just believe truly are better if you can speak to someone else, a professional, someone outside of your family and friend unit, and really seek guidance and support when you need it. I'm a big fan of therapy and counseling. I have sought additional help at various stages of my life, and I am grateful for the feedback and guidance that I was given during those sessions, which is why I am delighted to welcome BetterHelp into the Bride Chiller podcast sponsorship family unit. BetterHelp is an online platform that gives you access to over 3,000 registered therapists and counsellors, no matter where you are worldwide. I'm using the service at the moment to talk to someone about dealing with stress within business, how to find a balance with my life, which is something that I know I struggle with and I can talk to Rich about it till I'm blue in the face. But to be able to communicate with someone outside of our little family unit really helps me. What's also really convenient about the service is that I can choose the time. If I'm at my day job and I'm doing podcast stuff, I can work out a slot online that works for me and the counsellor. So you aren't juggling leaving work and getting in a car or getting on public transport. You can do it in your own home via text or video chat on your own schedule. And the best thing is it's really affordable. Bridechiller listeners can get 10% off your first month with the discount code BRIDECHILLER. So why not get started today? Do something for yourself, chillers, by going to betterhelp.com slash bridechiller. All you need to do is fill out their very simple but thorough questionnaire to help them assess your needs and get matched with a counsellor you will love. That is betterhelp.com slash bridechiller. 
It's so great to hear such positive feedback about Bride Chiller sponsors and partners and the lovely comments that we've been receiving about our friends at Noemi. Noemi make gorgeous jewellery minus the crazy markups. And fun fact, in the jewellery industry, the average markup is tenfold. And as a consumer, you end up paying for all the extras like marketing and fancy branding and all that extra stuff. Noemi doesn't do that because all of their jewellery is handcrafted with the same top materials and quality craftsmanship that you would get from most luxurious jewellery brands around. And their designs and range are absolutely exquisite. I have a Noemi baguette ring. I get comments about it all the time. And boy, did those diamonds shine. That was a rhyme. Noemi use sustainably sourced diamonds and gold in all of their jewellery and they have an amazing money-back guarantee. Shipping is overnight for free so you can try it on and have up to 60 days to return for free with a full refund. Noemi has created the perfect recipe for extraordinary service that combines jewellery and expertise and personalised attention. It is a premium brand and you are paying fabulous prices for what you are getting. Head to Hello Noemi. It's N-O-E-M-I-E dot com and make sure that you use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. Remember Chillers, they ship internationally and they offer free overnight shipping in the U.S., If you want to use this as a gift for someone, don't make them guess. You can go ahead and tell them what you want with their very fabulous drop a hint option on every product page. That is hello, Noemi, and make sure you use the promo code BRIDECHILLER for $75 off any wedding band today. This is, of course, the Bride Chiller Podcast. My lovely guest today is Jess from the Budget Savvy Bride. We are sharing your best budget hacks and tips. Jess has a wealth of knowledge, 10 years as it is, uh, running her blog. So it's great to be able to share this with you and also discuss some of the Bride Chiller community's great suggestions. Tell me a little bit about your book because it's fucking great and it's been selling very well as fellow authors and friends, I just love plugging each other's shit. So let's 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 talk about the book before we go back to other people's <laughs> tips, hacks, and questions. Yeah, sure. Um, so the book came out last February, twenty eighteen. Uh, it's called the Budget Savvy Wedding Planner and Organizer. <laughs> I'll, I'll skip the subtitle. Oh, I like for now. the subtitle, but yeah, it's good. Come on. <laughs> Uh, it is explanatory though. So it does contain lots of checklists, worksheets, um, exercises that you and your partner can go through together to help you plan, you know, the vision that you guys share for the wedding day and kind of use that to guide your decisions throughout the entire process. And of course there's tons of tips and, um, suggestions on ways to save money and different strategies you can, you know, employ when you're making different decisions to keep things, um, affordable for Mm -hmm. your, your personal budget. So it's been really, really, um, like, uh, I feel very, very proud of it. And, um, I've gotten really great feedback from, you know, the readers and the people who've, used it, especially that chapter in uh, chapter one, that's all about kind of like defining your vision and setting your intentions for your wedding. Um, So that makes me just feel great. And I'm so glad that people are finding it helpful. 
Oh, as you should. And when I mentioned that you were coming on the show, we had multiple people in our community say how much they enjoyed and have used the book in such a positive way. Namingly, also, Bride Chiller Christine says, buy Jessica's workbook. Works like a charm and helps you figure out your next steps. So it's great to see that chillers have been embracing the budget-savvy ethos as well, which is fabulous. Yeah, that's so awesome. And, you know, I just kudos because as as fellow, I mean, you know, through the process, Jess and I have been talking for years uh, from afar and it's been nice to be able to meet in person yes. IRL. Um, but, you know, we've gone through the journey a lot together. I think it's been so great having your support and I hope that I've provided some support to you through the writing process and all these adventures that we've been on and talking about our businesses. We're fucking hustlers, man, you and I. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Absolutely. You're like my, my soul sister. Yes. <laughs> and it's great to be able to And everything that you have done with Bride Chilla, I love your workbooks and your um, you know, field guide and you know, the 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 personality that you've put into all of that you do with Bride Chilla, I think like really makes it shine and I, I love Thanks, that. Thanks, Jess. So much. Well look, I mean, you know, it's it's we, I think people underestimate, and this is not just tooting our own horn, but I'm going to for a second, looking at all our stuff. And I think people think that we've got massive teams behind us and there's all these other people. And I think that's very, you, you know, it can be very gratifying that people expect that we've got a whole staff and it's just you and I. So it's always nice talking to someone else that's in the same boat, just going, oh, actually, you know, we do maintain the website, write the books, write back to all the emails, do all this sort of stuff. So it's just nice connecting with another person who gets it, but also seems to put out a good thing that people expect think is a much bigger thing than it is, which is nice. (laughs) Yeah. Dust our shoulders off a little bit. (laughs) All right. Back to the tips. We've done all the self-congratulations. We're very good and we'll move on. Um, Bride Chiller Amanda said, I heard a great tip yesterday. Good. And she shared it with us. For wine, Buy your favourite bottles and then a cheaper option. Later in the night, after your guests have had a few drinks, switch over to the cheaper stuff and no one will know the difference. (laughs) I actually, I love this. I love that. Because it's true. I mean, give me two glasses of wine and then you could switch it up and I wouldn't know. I'm that sort of gal. It's totally true. Or you could did what... Or you could do what I did, which was to just go straight for the cheap stuff, but I disguised it with my own personalized yes. wine labels so nobody knew that it was Trader Joe's too much. Trader Joe's wine has a really good reputation. Yeah. It's really not bad, yeah. you know? Well, same it's with not. Aldi and Little in the UK, and I know that they, they sell all over Europe and Australia now as well. Um, I did a TV show a few years ago, which was a con- it was it was a consumer. So in my day job, new listeners, I'm a TV producer, and I was working on a consumer. It was like a consumer testing show. So we would get the products of the year, so called, and we would then try and find a bunch of people in real life to go and test them and decide if you know they're going to taste different cheeses and say which cheese is the best and we did an Aldi well, it was Aldi and Little supermarkets um, were doing we can contribute some of their wine to the taste test it was a blind test and it was Prosecco and we put in some really expensive Prosecco or some of the high end it wasn't full champagne champagne it rated it came second it was like second and third Aldi and Little and I tasted it and I to be honest it was pretty good so I think you've got to watch out for these deals but also you know read the consumer taste tests there's lots of great websites that come out 
Also, I'm going to reach for my phone while I talk. Uh, there's an app just talking about wine that a friend recommended. Oh, is it the Vivino app? Yes. Yeah, I use that too. I was going to say that. It's I so love helpful. Vivino. So it's V-I-V-I-N-O, available worldwide, free download. If you go into a supermarket or we'd call it a bottle shop in Australia, very colloquial, a liquor store in America, and you want to figure out if a wine is good or not, you just put your phone up to it, take a photo of it, and then it bounces back and says, this wine's good, buy it, or this is a four star. And then you read everyone's reviews so you can look really, really knowledgeable. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you can totally fake it. When I was traveling in in like Asian countries where they don't have a lot of options, obviously, for wine, it came in super handy because their limited selection, I was kind of able to more easily find one that would be more drinkable. (laughs) You know, our friend did say, Jan, shout out to Jan, he said that he now goes to dinner parties and this is so bitchy, Jan, I just want to say, and he will vivino other people's wines to figure out how much they've spent on the wines. (laughs) I mean, it's mean. Savage. But it's fun. (laughs) Yeah, he's... um, a very lovely man, but also fucking hell, don't cross him. Um, he'll be delighted with that that summation. Well, you know, you just just know where you stand in the wine situation. Veronica talking about mm-hmm. booze. She says our venue, a brewery, does not charge a rental fee, just a food and beverage minimum. We are saving a ton by doing this. I've seen restaurants do this as well, and I think it's a good way to get great food for a better price. That's the first part of her message. I think that's a good deal if you are knowing that you haven't got to pay for the venue but you just have a minimum spend. Do you think as a as a whole that is a good deal for, to be searching for? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, if you can find venues where they kind of operate their pricing in that way. I know my, my younger sister actually is getting married in January and she is planning her wedding. She and her fiance live in Los Angeles, which is obviously a very big city and high costs associated with weddings typically. Mm. And they ended up finding a venue north of LA, maybe an hour, hour and a half outside of town that had that sort of pricing structure where, um, you know, depending on the season, the day of the week, whatever, like their their catering minimum was really the venue fee, wow. essentially. And so they actually found um, a place and got a really great deal on it. They're getting married on a Sunday and, you know, their um, food and bev min- minimum was, you know, I think a thousand or a couple thousand dollars less um, than it would have been on, you know, a Saturday in peak That's wedding so great. season. So. I mean, I think it's just learning these little ins and outs, isn't it? When you uh, go to a venue and you have these conversations and being able to be prepared and asking these questions, but also knowing the budget and knowing where you, what you can spend, but also going away, not feeling like you have to make a decision on the spot and doing your maths later on can really make differences for budgets, especially in that sort of situation. Yeah. Like you said, doing, doing the math. And sometimes it really does take sitting down and, and comparing things as closely as you can. You know, if you're looking at like an all-inclusive venue versus something that's like more of a raw space where you have to bring in catering and chairs and tables and all those things, you know, really like itemizing it line by line and comparing, like trying to compare apples to apples. Um, it is, it's a lot of math, but if you do it, you can definitely see like clearly, 
which is the more affordable option. Veronica also goes on, I know that this is something that you've talked about on your blog quite a lot. She says that I've also discovered my library has a cricket. Now, it's called cricket, isn't it? Circuit? Cricket. How do you, yes. how do you say it? Cricket. cricket. I, knew I'd, oh, I panic. I panic. <laughs> it's I cricket. Like, like the bug. A cricket. It's cricket like the bug, but I, I thought it was cry cut oh. for the longest time. And then I finally saw like the machine with the logo on it and it's like a oh. cute little bug. And I was like, Great. oh, cricket. I remember the cricket. So <laughs> we're going to explain what a cricket is in a second, but she says that they've got this cricket that I can use as a carp member. So no need to buy one. I haven't tried it yet, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure about the supplies part, but still. So a cricket is something that our lovely friend, well, you use it, but our lovely friend Jen from Something Turquoise does so many mm-hmm. projects on her blog about using the cricket. She's a big fan of the cricket. What it's what is it? It's like a paper cutter, isn't it? A magic machine. It is, yeah. It's a it's a electronic cutting machine and it, you know, has software that you can install on your computer and they have lots of like pre-made designs or you can totally customize design your owns with you know, whatever fonts you have on your computer and they have clip art and they have lots of free stuff, but they also have, you know, premium ones that you should, mm. you can buy. Um, and basically you can customize just about anything you could imagine with this machine. Like you can cut paper, you can cut vinyl that turns into stickers. So you can make your own, you know, like customize like bottle labels for your bridesmaids gifts or, um, you know, make your own signage w- uh, for your wedding, you know, by using the vinyl. There's just like so many, like it's mind boggling, honestly, how many different things you can do with the machine. So it's definitely worth the price if you wanted to invest in it and you thought you could use it beyond the wedding day because there's so many ways to use it. But having access to a free one is even better. <laughs> so. and, I, and I could, I could just, I could just sort of see, I could see Veronica just setting up at the library, going like, "This is, can you book it for how long?" And setting up all the wedding shit and just taking over that space in the public library. <laughs> right. I think it's all right. I don't know. Do you use their I've computer? Got, wow, Do you bring so your own questions. computer? Like how? <laughs> So many questions. I yeah. do think, though, there have been a lot of people in the in the Bridechiller community have shared their invitations and all these lovely projects they've made with. And I think if that floats your boat and you're keen to do it and you understand the process, bloody take advantage of that free machine and do it. Love it. Right. I, the cricket thing is is huge right now, and there's there's actually a really great Facebook group that's like all oh, things right. cricket wedding, and people share their projects in there. They share templates. They like, you know, give you know, downloads, exchanging them between each other so they can, you know, use them themselves. It's really cool. It's funny because back when I was getting married, the big craft craze at the time was this machine called like the GoCo, which was like a a screen printing Uh um, apparatus device. I don't even know what you call it, but it was like the thing that all the, the big like DIY wedding people were using. And it was much more labor intensive. I did not go that route personally, but, um, but the cricket, I think, is is easy, I think, for anybody who would want well, to that's it. it. Scope out the local library, what free shit you can get for it because, hey, we pay our taxes. Libraries are great places to support and we should all go there more often. That's my public service announcement. I, I haven't joined the library in our local area and I feel deeply guilty about it now, Jess. I feel really guilty. Well, I haven't read a book in a really long time, so <laughs> I don't, I don't uh, 
I, I don't have a library membership either, if it makes you feel better. <laughs> okay, great. So we can both feel guilty. My Kindle's getting a bit of a hammering, but that's fine. We just need to, let's all, let's just vow to read some more books. Let's just do that. Jess, let's do that. Let's make that happen. I would like to leave final tip from our Bride Chiller listeners. So you haven't had to do very much here, Jess. I, <laughs> I put a call out and I'm like, Jess is going to be on. And then everyone else is just like, I've got stuff to say, which we appreciate because we get a bit of time off. <laughs> <laughs> Bridechiller Amanda says, my stepmother was going to bake our cake but offered to pay for one instead. So my tip is guilt wealthier family members by making them think they can't DIY something well and would rather pay for it. Amanda, <laughs> you're my kind of gal. <laughs> I love it. She wins today. She wins today. That is, that's a great tip and uh, we should all just chip away at people a little bit more and also, you know, accept the help. But if they can't do it, make them pay for it. There it is. Jess, if people would like to get in touch, learn more about what you do, purchase a book, send you a message or ask to be potentially featured on your fabulous website, what do they need to do? Yeah, um, would love all of that. They can find everything they need at thebudgetsavvybride.com and I'm all, I'm all over the socials, the, the Instagram, the Facebook, the Twitter, all that stuff. Uh, and I forgot to mention, you were just on GMA. You are on Good Morning America. How the fuck did I not say that at the top of the show? <laughs> I don't oh my know. Gosh. It's still a blur. I can't believe it happened, to be honest. But it was really cool. Well, and, and did you enjoy, as someone, now we talked about off-air, about the TV process, about how gnarly it can be. It can be pretty nervy, but you did very well. I've watched the clip. You're very natural. I feel like you should just be on TV all the time. Oh, well, thank you. I'm glad you couldn't tell how much I was shaking because I felt like my whole body was vibrating the entire time. But um, <laughs> luckily it didn't come across on camera. So. You contained those shakes. You contained it. I think it's always that moment of going when I've been performing or been really shit scared and just like, oh, my God, I'm going to throw up. But I think that's part of the thing. You think you are coming across as super nervy, but actually people are like, you did great. I had no idea. But you're like, oh, my God, I, I nearly vomited on stage. That was awful. <laughs> I know. I'm like, imagine how great I'll be once I have some more practice. <laughs> yeah, well, this is it. Exactly. You need to just get back on that horse, get back on that TV horse. Let's make that happen for you. No, it was great. We'll, um, we will link on the, on the show notes today. I will link to your fabulous segment because you talked all about money-saving tips, which is an I extension did. of this episode. So we can share that as well. Yeah, definitely. I appreciate that. Well, our lovely bride chiller friends, well, it, it, until in real life, I'm meeting Jess for brunch on Sunday. So until Sunday, I'll see you then. But um, for everyone else, we will welcome you back with open arms to the bride chiller podcast in the near future. And until then, thank you, Jess. And of course, happy days. Thanks for having me. The bride chiller podcast, empowering you to kick wedding planning ass every day.